Wagwa? I got yellow water. Gatorade? Lemonade. <laughs> Mine tastes like yellow. <laughs> you can say that in 2023, but if you were to say that in 1053 BCE, then, well, you might just have some bad river water. It's true. Or you might have a particular deposit of minerals in your water that gives you some kind of spiritual eminence because it's, you know... I don't know. Well, on that note, I'd like to welcome everyone to the podcast, because <laughs> it's been recording the whole time. Well, hello. <laughs> That's how we're going to enter into this episode today. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, welcome everyone. I don't remember what episode it is. I believe we're on 60, actually. No, are we on 60? Might be on 60 now. 60 or 61. It's one of the we're two. I never remember anymore. I don't make it on myself to count, because, you know, eh. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I think we should start off. Oh, Tony's taking a drink, so Grant gets to go first. What are you reading? <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna go jump off the roof. Yes, Grant. What are you? Oh, thank reading? you. I, I just finished a set, so now, now I can speak. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, go. So, <laughs> um, I am reading "Always Crashing in the Same Car" by Lance Olson. Oh. Um, okay. Oh. This is a, is this a different, is this a different, like, other than what? He's out of the classics, so. Oh. Oh, you know what? Oh. That's the, um. Is it an alarm? Okay. Keep, keep it in the podcast. Keep it in the podcast. Yes, that's what they're, they're, the building's getting renovated. Not the building, but some work is being done on the building, and they do this right before they leave. Just to be sure that oh. everything's all Gucci. So for humans who aren't aware right now, we're getting our sprinkler system fixed. So uh, congrats. You are now involved in our uh, secret, secret. Not so secret if you have kids and you come up to the youth services department. But like, yeah. Joke, I don't know. Joke's on us. It's an actual fire. It, we're it, in the basement. It, it, we're in the basement. So is Lance Olson like a different author than what Grant normally goes for? No, I've read a book uh, from him before. Okay, uh, so what's this one about? And so, what is it? You know. Yes. So this one follows uh, David Bowie. David the, Bowie? I'm last, sorry. It follow, what? It follows David Bowie in the last six months of his life. Okay. Um, And... Uh, what happened in the last six months of his life? Granted, I don't. He was dying um, of cancer. Oh, right. Oh, okay. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, you have to realize I don't know a lot about okay. pop culture, even though I like to say I do. So, so David so. Bowie is the protagonist of this novel. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So does he go to Fairyland? No. Does he go to therapy? No. So, 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 so. Okay. So the last book of Lance Olsen's that I read. Uh, Dream Lives of Debris, which I mentioned briefly on the podcast. Right. Similar to that one, this is a very fragmented novel where you're... Oh, this you're, is very you. Like, from paragraph to paragraph, you're jumping, you know, decades and stuff as he's, you know, as as David Bowie is reflecting on his life and career. And as he does. his regrets and all that stuff. And it definitely fits with, you know, somebody who changed their persona so frequently you're, you're jumping in. He really did change his persona a lot. No, and I, I mean he's kind of my favorite artist ever, so that's, that's, ah, that's a reason so why I'm reading gonna get you the, So it was yeah. good. I was probably going to enjoy it either way, but it is a very good book. Um, I, I, sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm 
the, the desire for lemonade is intensifying by the second. Okay. Um, so, who's the author again? Remind me. Lance, Lance Olson. Olson. Lance Olson. Is that Olson spelled O-L-S-E-N? Yes, it is. Oh, um, all right. I guess it would help if you knew, like, about him or his music, but... Like Bowie? If, okay. You don't have to. Okay. All I know is Labyrinth, and that's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no I think I know a few songs, but, like, I'm... Yeah, I, I, I don't think Labyrinth has been mentioned yet, but who knows? It might be in the future. Hey, Tony, what are you reading? I have to go last <laughs> because I, ha- I have a segue, so... Other than this body text message. Um, <laughs> I can tell you're really interested in this text message. No, I was actually looking things up on Goodreads, but then, you know. Anyway, um, what am I reading? So, I am actually still reading uh, the <laughs> sequel... Wait, what? No, no, no not the text. Um, the sequel to... He Who Fights With Monsters. Okay. Um, so I was told something recently about that series, which actually makes it easier to read it than... Okay. Because when I first started the second book, I was kind of like, all right. Oh, it's tough. It's continuing. Like, the, because the second book, the first book ends. Right. And you kind of know that it's going to end around that point because of the way that, you know, there's a whole battle scene and all that kind of stuff. Right. But you don't... It doesn't end... In terms of like tying up all the little knots. Okay. But it doesn't not tie things up. Does that make sense? Like it's not a traditional novel ending. And I was like, well, it's self-published, so maybe that's like my only tiny little knock knock against it. But it was such a good book and such a fun read that I was like, I don't even care. Like, let's go. So I enter into book two, and it like feels like it just keeps going. And I was like, I'm sorry, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's still enjoyable. So I was feeling kind of weird about it until I was told that like the first three books are kind of like one book split across three books. Oh, and that makes it a little bit more three books are sex. the same way and you actually move locations. And then the next set of three books are you move locations and mm-hmm. again. And so that's sort of how it's the series is structured, which is a really old fashioned kind of like Victorian way yeah. of doing things which Sounds I love like. um, because it, traditional publishing would never allow something like that so I love that self-publishing allows even just a formal like a format change yeah. for readers who you know can handle it and like I said the first book was so good that I literally did not care that the ending just kind of stopped um, and like it was just like a hard stop. Yeah, it was like it wasn't like a hard like it was aggressive. Then I'd have been like, you got what? the cliffhanger, but and you were like, well, okay, I gotta keep going. It wasn't even like a cliffhanger. That's the thing. Like it didn't leave you off going, oh, I want more, unless you just really love the characters in the world. And so you, I did. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna read book two. And then you start book two, and it like doesn't start. Like it's not like revving up to anything. It's literally just like. And last time on the Big Bang Theory, and like, on the wait, last what? episode of Glee, <laughs> and this is what you missed on Glee. Here yeah, it is. so it's 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 great um, that I know that that was intentional because now it's just like, oh, okay, cool. And but it's you know, it's a shorter book, but I'm reading it more slowly because it's there are so many char- viewpoint characters at this point. Because the first book, he was very careful about that. He was he waited until about more than halfway through the book before he introduced a random, like, uh, before he introduced a a viewpoint from a character that wasn't already on the page. Okay. Um, And so this book, all bets are off. Like, he's Mm -hmm. just like, we've been doing this long enough for you to recognize that all these characters exist. Get over it. And, like, you are 
always in someone else's head almost all of the time. You don't get as much of Jason's perspective who's anymore. Who's the main character? Who's the main character. And I think that's interesting because you see him through other people's eyes. So you get to see his actions as other people see his actions. Yeah. And his um, characteristics and his viewpoints through another character. Yeah. And, like, I still love him so much that I'm like... I'm good with this, but if you have doubts or don't really like Jason's character or you don't trust him as much, it's easy for other characters' viewpoints to sort of, like, alter your thinking on him. So that's just, you know, to me it just solidifies all the things that I thought I knew and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense, or yes, I can see why that character would think that or that kind of thing, because I just really like this character. So, you know, it's going well. I want to point out, however, two pieces of media that I recently saw. Yes, they are popular. Okay. Yes, plenty of people have gone to see them. I mean, one of them made $140 million in the first week. Are you talking about the two movies that I thought you were talking about? I actually have a few things to mention. Oh, three that I forgot, but continue. Oh, okay. So I'm just going to plug those, even though they don't need it. Uh, One is the Dungeons & Dragons movie, because it needs a little bit more love than the other one. It's so good. In the sense that, like... Okay. It's good in the sense that Hollywood is infamous for taking I'm looking at you Warcraft movie uh, and you Assassin's Creed movie taking a famous particularly video game property and but in this case Dungeons and Dragons isn't a video game but it's 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 gaming it's still a property yeah it's a property that isn't doesn't easily lend itself to the Hollywood formula of storytelling yeah so the fact that they were taking this and making it into a movie, and then it, ca- you know, they cast some big names, and oh, I was just like, I really don't know what I'm gonna think about this. The trailer seemed kind of cool, but I was still kind of like, eh. I loved it. Okay. It's a basic. If you love Ocean's Elevens, but thought you needed a dragon or two. <laughs> That's what you're going to go watch. And literally, that's it. Like, it's not straying from that formula at all. It's not trying to twist it or break it or anything like It's just adding dragons and Chris Pine. Well, of course it needs to add Chris Pine. We love Chris Pine. And Michelle Rodriguez, who, for my money, was the best character in the entire movie. And I'm not the only person to say that. So, What kind of character does she play? Um, She's the barbarian. I'm already right? sold. Lady barbarians make me happy. Yeah, yeah, she's a barbarian. Fantastic. Just amazing. Brilliant. Love her for that. And anyway, great. Is the other one the Mario movie? Uh, the other one is the Super Mario Brothers movie, <laughs> which I think is superior, far superior to D&D. But also, again, not something that makes itself easy to tell in a Hollywood animated feature. What I love is that uh, Jack Black made his Peaches song. Oh my god. He made it into so a whole good. music video. And are you ready for this? That could be submitted for a Grammy. <laughs> okay, first of all, deserves it. Second of all, I will say this unequivocally. I tried to not say it as much as possible at first because I was kind of skittish about it. But having thought a lot about it since then, Princess Peach is easily the best female animated character in history, period, bar none. You can name anybody else, and I will tell you that they are a worse representation than Princess Peach. I I agree with you, but also uh, I think uh, second comes second, if we're going to go through the same franchise, Daisy. No, I mean, like, in the movie. Okay, in the movie. Okay. Yeah, in the movie. Because like, they basically, they like, threw with... part of Daisy's, like, personality onto her at that Yeah, point. what they did with Princess Peach in that movie should have been impossible because of how the machine of animated features works. But she did something that no human character who is a female in animated features has ever been able to do. 
usually they're a pig or a cow or something. But she did it without being a pig or a cow or a mushroom person. She was an actual human, and she's an actual female, and she was, and she was an actual princess. Like, they sidestepped so many bombs, and I'm so proud of them for that. I know. I know. I'm hyping Hollywood. I, 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 I literally asked my movie. parents we should go see that movie this weekend. So you yeah. really should. So this is me telling all you people who haven't done it yet, do it. Because it's so good and so worth it. So anyway... I'm going to talk about what I'm playing when we get to the topic. Because yeah, that's where I was going to segue. So, anyway. Uh, so, uh, last episode, Tony mentioned uh, the Stormlight Archives. Uh. <laughs> so, do you know what I'm reading right now? Are you, are you reading your reading Way of Kings, huh? I am reading Way of Kings. All right. I'm still um, at the first, I'm still at chapter two, which I haven't I'm on chapter seen. eight. Okay. How's it going? Um, You mentioned like a while ago that... Um, so one of the things that I've noticed, this, and um, I think I've mentioned this to Tony before, mm-hmm. is that a lot of what's going on in these like first ten chapters, or these like this like first area, doesn't line up with each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tony mentioned to me, which I'll mention out loud to the audience and Grant, is that Br- San- Brandon Sanderson wanted mm-hmm. to do like. 10 different prologues and so he experimented with that with the first 10 chapters is everything is like a completely separate prologue but it's all the same characters um from what i see love kaladin who apparently everyone loves love kaladin's character so far his honestly his little like prologue chapters seems the most consistent to me and Mm. i was way more invested in his prologue at the start anyways than the other character whose name is shallon oh okay um i was more interested in his but not because of kaladin himself I was interested in his little character arc because the character mm. that they were following for his prologue or his first chapter was not him. They follow a completely separate character. Oh, is it the king killer? No, the it's... The dude that, like, goes to kill on... Sen. It's... Seth. No. Oh, it's not Seth. No. Oh. So, there's Seth, who's at the beginning of the whole entire thing, and then there's... Later on, one of the extra chapter areas is basically, um... Spoiler alerts, but he's one of the characters. They're about to go to battle, and you're following one of the newer soldiers. He's brand new. Oh. He has. He's nervous. He has no idea what's going on, and I was fully invested in him. So, so he's going to be like a major player in the in the book, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh wow, that is, Brandon is mean. So like series. he okay. started the whole entire thing with like. Starting it off, like, yeah, Kaladin was there, like, the Seth section, he was there, but, like, he was, like, a secondary character. Yeah. Kaladin's very secondary at that point where you introduce Seth. And I I literally made fun of it because I was at a birthday dinner, and I went, Seth with a Z? Seth with a Z? (laughs) Made fun of it for, like, a whole ten minutes. Wait, it's spelled Z-E-T-H? No, it's spelled S-Z-E-T-H. Oh, wow. And so then we get to um, that that chapter where he's in and you're just like, okay. His name is Sen, C-E-N-N. That's the character that I'm following. And he starts the whole entire, quite literally the first, first chapter, like past the prologue section where they get into this whole like section where they're going like, okay, we're actually going to get into the story now. Chapter one. That's who it's following. It's not following Kaladin. It's not following Shallon. It's following this character who's brand new. He's a new soldier. All of a sudden, he's been recruited into this awesome, famous, like, battalion group. Is that the bridge for? 
No, it's bridge one. It's a, it's part one above silence. No, it's I mean the, the group no. called the bridge four. No, no. bridge four oh, is okay. later on. Oh, okay. All right. No so problem. he's sitting there and he's like, I'm really nervous. Well, don't worry. You're in Kaladin's group who never dies. <laughs> and that's how they're prefacing the whole thing. And so I was sitting here thinking, great, not going to die. I love this character already. He's new. He's nerdy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's very nervous about the whole entire thing. And you get into the battle sequence and I'm fully invested because this character quite literally has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. He's like fumbling over everything. He's like jumping over bodies. He's like, oh my God. Like I, and everyone's like <laughs> pushing him to the center. So when they put up the shields or like the the uh, spears, he doesn't get hit because they're pushing him to the center because he's the brand new like newbie of the group. And they're doing all this stuff. And I'm fully expecting everybody but him to die. Like that is what I'm sitting there doing. I'm fully expecting all of this to happen. Because that's the typical what you would do for that kind of character. Because everyone would die. But oddly yeah, enough, this is giving this is giving me, and this is part of my segue into the next section. It's giving me Final Fantasy twelve vibes, where the character Vaughn in Final Fantasy twelve is basically he's a street rat. He doesn't know what he's doing. All of a sudden, he um, jumps into. He decides he's going to go steal something from the palace during this whole entire celebration so he can sell it and get money so he can become a hunter and mm-hmm. get his hunter's license. Mm-hmm. That's what this character feels like. That's what Sen feels like at this point. Yeah. I'm, like, rolling with it. I'm, like, I love this already. A lot of people hate Vaughn in Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> but I absolutely adore him because I understand his perspective and what he's doing yeah. and his perspective to the plot. And this character does get Vond at some point, and I, I will explain what I mean by that in a second. But then all of a sudden, we get to the second chapter after the end of this battle where everybody's, like, fallen, everyone's to the ground, and you're like, okay, fine, whatever. And all of a sudden, we're in Shallon's point of view, and now I'm like, hello? <laughs> this is a Wendy's? I'm not here for this. Like, I got all of a sudden thrusted into her part, but I'm fully invested in the battle right now, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And her character's nice so far. She's growing on me. Yeah. Um, And it's not until a couple... So right now I'm on chapter eight, which is her chapter. But she's now growing on me as a character. Yeah. She's basically wanting to become a ward of one of the, like... I don't know if this person's, like, an ambassador or something, or, like, kind of, like, one of the... Um, counselors to like whoever's the royalty in whatever area she's in because I don't know if Kaladin and her are in the same area at this point so I don't know if they're Uh, part of the same kingdom at this point I just know that she's trying to become the ward of this person so she can learn from them kind of like an apprentice and they keep rejecting her at every point and she keeps coming back and she's very resilient and I really commend her for that um, but I'm more invested in Kaladin now, who is uh, the only one to wake up from his battle so far. And now he's a random slave, and they send him into your bridge four section. Oh, okay, I got he that. Sends him to the, they send him to the bridge, because they're all going to be sold as slaves. And he quite literally is like, we're in the king's army now. Like, oh my god, I can be saved. I can get out of this, because I'm a part of this already. But nobody recognizes him, obviously. And all of a sudden, the merchant goes, yeah, no, he's just lying. He's a compulsive liar. And completely, like, railroads him so he can't get out of his situation. And then the merchant says, like, a single line to him. And I don't remember the exact wording of it, but it made me so mad. Where he goes, 
yeah, sorry, they'll do worse to me as a merchant than they would for you as a slave, and then walks away. And I was like, I'm going to flip a table right now. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to scream out loud. I did not, but I wanted to. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at. Um, but segue into our topic. I'm also playing uh, Gotham Knights right now. Oh, are you? I'm finally getting but around to finishing it because I have time. Oh, you haven't finished. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, your, um, your girl, uh, so if you haven't seen it already, uh, we're talking about video games today. Hi! Part two! Part two! Maybe this time we'll actually talk about our favorite video games instead yeah. of it being an art form. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. The, the, yeah, that, that discussion has been so, had. Yeah. Uh, for your, I'm uh, just, so how I play the game normally for those who don't know, is I'm not really, I am a completionist, but not really, in the sense mm. that, like, I don't mind if I miss a couple of things. Yeah. But I like to go around, I like to do the grindy bits. So I like to go out every single night and then not go through a story quest and then come back just to get better gear. I like to go do that. I think it's a lot yeah, of fun to go do that. this game is designed for that, really. It's, yeah, this yeah. game is really designed for that. So I just now started so a fast. certain court of birds. I just, you just started the Court of Owls? Girl! I, I, here's the thing, I'm level 18. <laughs> I just started. Oh. Um, I just want you to know, they level with you. Which I only found out my no, no, second time no, playing. No, they don't. Because I started... Not at first. No, no, so like... Not at first. Yes, but give they them do a, level give, with you. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing. I started it because when I got it, I was like level like 10 or 11, but mm-hmm. I leveled up between them because I was not focusing on Alfred at the moment because they gave me this, Alfred's on a meeting right now. You can go follow Alfred. And I'm like, I literally oh, don't care. that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally don't care, Alfred. I'm sorry. I do love you, but I literally don't care right now. I have this thing right now where uh, my character is in the middle of Harley Quinn's weird theater of uh, MLM schemes right now. And so mm. <laughs> I don't care. Did you finish the Harley Quinn quest? No. I'm doing all of them simultaneously, but each oh, character yeah. has a different section that they're focusing on. Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, but I accidentally started this with the character that I was doing the Holly Quinn stuff on. But whatever. I've done that too. <laughs> uh, so, but he's going to be finishing the Court of Owls because I'm invested with this, especially because they mentioned him by name at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I did the Harley Quinn th- where she takes everyone to the theater. And she's like, I'm going to give you my MLM scheme thing. And then you go to stop her. And I hated that section, by the way. I really shouldn't have gotten in there with uh, Nightwing, but I did. Uh, oh, have I done that section with Nightwing? I went in with Nightwing, and it was very entertaining because I started the whole entire Harley Quinn quest line with uh, Tim Drake, which <laughs> was a lot more entertaining. Yeah, it, I, I think it's a lot more entertaining as Tim. I think to be I've honest. done it with everybody except Nightwing, actually. Now that I think about it, because I always, I always think of them as their character roles, and I'm like, yeah. I feel like Harley in like when you first see her is the kind of character that Dick would pass off to someone else because he's like, I've had my Harley run-ins. Peace out. No, she's to be be, honest, she's beneath me. I'm gonna was, go do something else. It was an accident because I thought it was gonna be like another one of those like random. So how they how it was started because I didn't realize that the orange um, crime sections were actual missions, and so I accidentally ran in as Har- into Harley's thing, thinking it was a criminal stronghold because that was the little icon that it gave it, and yeah. it was not the criminal stronghold I thought it was. Oops, because yeah. I was doing it. I've been doing it as a uh, Tim Drake, Red Robin, Red Robin, yeah. Red Robin. Yeah. And so I was doing it as him because I have. Tim Drake is currently sitting on Harley. 
I have accidentally I put Mr. Freeze with uh, Jason, and so I've been running around with that for a bit, which is very entertaining, by the way. Yeah. And then I just unlocked Clayface. <laughs> like, and so I guess, you know, hi, Babs. There you go. For now. Sure. Yeah. For now. Okay. But that's because I just started Court of Owls, and I have Dick going in there. That makes sense. Um, yeah. He... Uh, I did his court about that first quest. By the way, they send you into a whole entire like conveyor belt. Everything is on fire, and I hate it. Get used to that. That's is that all. is that often I'm in that quest say, line? Get used to that. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. I was only lucky that they didn't like have the thing going backwards at the time that I went through into the fire. I will say this: the first time I played that, I was. Not ready, um, and I was really annoyed because I don't like when games do that. I do not like when games spring a mechanic on you that is so like there's nothing else in the game like it, and they and they just throw it at you with no prep, and you're just like, "What?" I thought I was playing this kind of game, and then suddenly so you're talking you about do old Resident Evil Four this. when they would do the random quick time events on you, and you were like, "Hello." Yeah, it just really. They took those out in the new one, by the way. Yeah, that really—that's a mechanism. Really really yeah, so in the original Resident Evil Four, they had these quick time events mm-hmm. where, like, let's say, like, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, oh no, Leon's foot is stuck in the in the in a dog um, trap, bear trap. And all of a sudden he takes it out, and oh no, at the same time, here comes a giant um, rock boulder that somebody pushed down from the top of a hill and it's coming at you. And so to get out of it, you have to quick time event, so you have to like mash it, mash buttons to mm-hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. They took that out, which makes me happy because I hated that. But yeah. from what I've seen, and I'm not entirely sure because I haven't really played much of Resident Evil 4 Remake yet, I don't know if they still have the little medallions. So there was this like mechanic collectible thing in the original Resident Evil 4, which I played, which was fantastic, where you could find random medallions, and if you got enough medallions by doing the most random things like sitting on thrones or like looking around specifically, you yeah. could get special like things, and I don't know if they do that anymore because they're trying to make it like so you can pay money to get all that extra stuff, and I'm like, no, that um, takes the whole entire fun out of it. That's really weird. But they did keep in, which made me happy, the uh Secret, it's not really so secret. The Easter egg part where if you're in the water and you keep shooting at the water in the lake, the monster will come up and eat you. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> but that's where I'm at in Gotham Gotham the, the Gotham Knights. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you know what I'm really excited yeah. for though? The new uh Fallen Order? I'm I don't I need to play the first one. You need to play the first you should. one. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if Tony to. could so sit wait. through all the spiders. Okay, Tony could not sit through all the spiders, <laughs> which is why Tony has not finished that game. Um, <laughs> I want to, but I'm so tired of games with spiders. I'm I can't do it anymore. Jedi Survivor Two. Oops, all spiders. That's no, but they're I, okay. From the trailer, it doesn't look like they're getting much. There spider. are dinosaurs. Yeah. And I was like, I'm ready. I'm so ready for a Jedi to fight a dinosaur. You know what would be more hilarious is if, uh, I realize technically somebody else is doing the score, but I think it would be hilarious if, if you go to the dinosaur planet and all of a sudden it started playing Jurassic Park. Right, because if John Williams was scoring Star Wars and, yeah, that would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. They're not going to do it, unfortunately, but that would be brilliant. Um, Brian, what kind of games do you like to play? I was just going to ask that question. <laughs> I like all sorts of games. Okay. Okay, but that doesn't answer my question. I, uh, I like RPGs. Jeez, oh, what am I playing right now maybe that'll be something yeah what are you playing right now um 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 what am i playing right now i don't even remember 
<laughs> um, well, uh, right now I guess I'm playing Dusk. Um, it's like a retro boomer shooter, Doom-esque Boomer game. shooter? See, I, I, I only... So what, do you like shoot boomers or like See, I are re- you a I've, boomer that shoots? I only recently came across that term and I thought it was a pejorative at first. I'm like, is it because it's, it's like made for old people or something? <laughs> like, oh, no, I get but, it. So it's like, do you remember the original Dune? Dune. Doom. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. the original Doom game. Yeah, like I where never, it looks like that kind I of thing. I never played it. So um, it, the mechanic of it, I don't know if you mind me explaining. No, you, no, you yeah, can if explain. You want to. Uh, so it's like a two D kind of dungeon type experience. Oh, so it's basically just a dungeon crawler. It. So when you're going through the dungeons, like you have to specifically like go turn around things, and then yeah. everything kind of pops up, and it's very 2D. There's no like extra pixels around it, right? Like the picture I just showed you, and yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the first FPS games. Do, oh, do, okay. Um, yeah, first play shooters. Dusk yeah. is not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. This was this Dusk one. This came one's out like recent. Four years ago. Yeah, Doom is is, is it. It's not the first, because it's not Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I think that technically the first is Wolfenstein 3D. Oh, Although okay. Although the, the basis for like all those kind of came from Ultima Underworld, which was an RPG. Oh. And that was like the first... Um, first person shooter. I don't know what you call it. Well, no. Like, no. Just like the 3D environment. Oh, if you want the gotcha. Guinness okay, Book of okay. World Records, it was technically the first first person shooter ever video game to ever be made was called... Um, Mace War, and it was from 1973. Oh, well, there you oh. go. All right, but yeah, yeah, Dusk is a uh, oh yeah, boomer boomer shooter. Yeah, I was like, it doesn't mean like no. it's made for old people, but it's just a term for that type of it's game. It's term for that type of game, and it's probably like probably stuff goes boom. Yeah, it's also oh pop- yeah, right. Well, I'm wondering That's, if they're yeah, also calling boomer. it a boomer shooter because it come it like the style of shooter that was around during like the 90s. Which yes, makes you, make you wonder, yeah, wouldn't it be a Gen X shooter? Thing? Yeah, right. Wait, wait, that, 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 that would be Columbine, but, you know, that's a different... Oh, oh my God! So Why did I just hear that? It would be a Gen so, X shooter, yeah. So, yeah that's weird uh, that they would call it a boomer shooter. But, yeah, Dusk is like uh, a backwoods redneck version of Doom, where you're fighting, um, you know, scarecrow <laughs> creatures and... Uh, wizards that are obviously not wizards, but <laughs> grand wizards. Do they have like cur- Oh, they, they have very obvious. Really? Uh, yeah, they do. Which is cool because you're because you get to you shoot, shoot them, them right. Yeah. Oh, that, no, that's, that's why they call it a cool. boomer shooter. It's because it's a '90s esque okay. shooter type right. FPS game. That is right. literally what it's telling me on the internet. I, I've just really been into. It doesn't make sense, but that's what it's called. All right. I've just really been into that kind of retro thing lately. Yeah. Um, I went back and played Hexen, which is made on. Hexen and Heretic, they're, it's the same series, but they're made on the Doom engine. However, it's, it's more of a fantasy setting mm-hmm. and a lot more focus on like melee weapons and stuff. That's okay. really good atmosphere. Yeah. Do you have any like older this. games from that time period that you really like, though? Hexen that I just mentioned. <laughs> um, uh, Daggerfall. Um, okay. Arena, the you know the first two Elder Scrolls games are. Really I was gonna say, cool. didn't you say on a recent podcast that Morrowind is your favorite game ever? It's yes. my favorite game ever. Why? Why? Yeah. Um, That's a good maybe question. I played it at like just the right time, but sure. um, I mean, it has a very different feel from the other Elder Scrolls games or from just other RPGs in general. It has a very alien feel, just the environment that you're in. 
because like you go because Morrowind is like the homeland of the dark elves. Yeah, that's right. It's um, the dark elves. Giant mushroom trees everywhere. Yep. They're kind of big island nation, and they've um, got spiders on that island, don't they? Not, I don't think. Not the, until the, Skyrim. The, the only spiders in Morrowind are like these ro- dwarven robot spiders. But you should. Oh yeah, no, those dwarven are, I mean, yeah, robot, robot spiders are. It, no, yeah, you no, don't see them until like Skyrim. Like Skyrim, they're in there, but that's because Skyrim specifically has spiders as one of their like main normal enemies. Well, Skyrim's everywhere. I mean, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so okay, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, I mean, blah, blah, blah. so, like the Empire, who has a much stronger presence in the other ones, they're yes. more of like a, a colonial. There's more of a colonial vibe going on where, the, like, mm. they're encringing upon. So they're colonizing at this point. Pretty much, yes. Right, um, but they haven't had enough power to really sort of take over. Even even though that they're part of the empire there there's right. there's a very specific culture on this doesn't the eruption of red mountain come after Morrowind? this does and i have a little beef with that because it kind of invalidates everything you do in Morrowind. but i didn't write the book so you know because like Morrowind happens and then i'm just getting into water. how does it invalidate it well i, I got because <laughs> no go yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me because you're like the chosen one of um you're the Nereverine who is yada, yada, yada. You're the resurrected spirit of Nerevar who is the whole thing, the, the, the fifth house, blah, 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 blah. You're a god, essentially. Not, not, the, only, the only actual gods that you come into contact in Morrowind turn out to be fake gods. And yeah. that's another interesting part that's of That's fascinating. How they're, they're mortals that basically built themselves up to be gods. Yeah, no, So it's kind of like the Talos effect where, like, they very have, like... interesting. They, like... Like, in Skyrim, they talk about, like, how Talos was kind of, like, a human at one point and mm-hmm. builds himself up, and now all of a sudden That's right. he becomes yeah, a god. Talos who joins the canon, which yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, he joins the canon, and then all the elves are like, "No!" And they're very supremacist about the fact that these people, who mm-hmm. this guy who came in and killed a whole bunch of elves, by the way, like came up, and now he's been added into the canon, which is kind of interesting. But that's a whole other. Okay, yeah, so yeah. then Red Mountain explodes. Yeah, uh, that happens in. Um, I mean, the first time it was mentioned, I believe, was in the Infernal City, which was a book that came out before Skyrim. Okay. Which I'm not a huge fan of. Not only because of that, just because I didn't think it was very good. Oh, the book, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the only the only problem I have with that it, that is because like if, it was six sixty eight is when the, it year, the year. Okay. Yeah, one e six six eighty eight. Okay. Anyways, I I'm just like it, why why would an all powerful you know God set you upon this quest? Only knowing that in a few hundred years everything would be wiped away, but oh. I don't know. Okay, I'm not mm. a ma- I'm not a master on the Elder Scrolls lore, yeah, but but I think at that I really point I think by the time though. Skyrim yeah. comes around, we are in four uh, E. Mm-hmm. So you have to real. So the first era is when Red Mountain erupts, and I don't remember when Morrowind happens. Well, Grant says it happens prior to the eruption of Red Mountain. Yeah, it happens before Oblivion and Skyrim. I can't remember the exact... Because they're trying to... Because the main villain in Morrowind is trying to rebuild Numidium, which was a plot point in Daggerfall. Mm. So I'm not sure the time gap. But, yeah, the game goes out of its way to kind of make you feel unwelcome in this place. Um, A, just in kind of the harshness at first of, you know... You have to slowly build up your 
right. power. Um, yeah. And just like the populace is very unwelcoming. <laughs> like they, they make it known that you're, you know, that you're an outsider and stuff. And I don't know. It just it's just a very unique. Yeah. Location and vibe and. Yeah. Your girl is googling when. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was occurs. hoping for with Witcher Two. Mm-hmm. So okay, I bought the entire Witcher trilogy. Well, not trilogy. I bought two and three because one is in limbo somehow. I don't know. It's really weird. Um, so you can't buy one for any of the new systems, and you have to have had it for <laughs> one of the old systems. But Red Mountain erupts before Morrowind. I mean, is is it the eruption that wipes out? It, it, I don't think it's the eruption that wipes out pretty much makes the entire island an uninhabitable. Which then, because you know in Skyrim there's the uh, Solstein. Well, in yeah, there's Solstein and there's like the the uh, refugees in the refugees Windhelm? in Windhelm. Yes, that's what I was trying to think of. Uh, so this is this is part of like why the lore okay. gets really like funky because like it has it listed as one six eighty eight in the wicked like Skyrim. Like Wikipedia for like when the Red Mountain erupts, mm-hmm. but Morrowind takes place in like three, the third era, which by that point makes a lot like no sense because they're clearly really thriving in Morrowind. Well, it's two maybe, eras maybe, later. Yeah, so maybe. Could... I don't know the severity of the first eruption. I don't. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, no, I don't. All right. <laughs> I've never... All I know is that according to ESO, which is the Elder Scrolls Online timeline, uh, between the Elder Scrolls Online and um, Morrowind, it's like 742 years. Mm -hmm. And then between Elder Scrolls Online and Oblivion, it's 748 years. So by that logic, Morrowind occurs six years before Oblivion. Okay. So it occurs in the exact same time frame. (laughs) So you can just imagine both of those happening at the same time, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden this guy goes... Well, Yo, I need you to go find my son and turn him into a dragon. <laughs> there, there is an Easter egg um, in one of the expansion packs. I can't remember which one, but there's like an old old guy who's like seeing into the future and he's seeing like visions of Daedric gates opening and everything. So that's while they were working. Oh, uh, so they were really trying. They were to kind of hinting towards that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. I have never played Morrowind. I have not yet. It, it, it's. I will admit. I'll be the first to admit it's kind of janky, well, but it, yeah. you just kind of have but to embrace the, the jank. If you've yeah. ever played Oblivion after playing Skyrim, I did. Uh, Oblivion is janky. Yes, but it's only because you've played something where they basically they re- they made Skyrim to debug Oblivion. Okay, which in my feel that's my feeling. Maybe they did it to make make a great game, but I and I think they did. I mean, obviously, um, Skyrim is still. 11 years later <coughs> huge it's mm. ridiculous that it's been you able could to play it on a Samsung way. fridge at this point yeah True. it's amazing what they've been able to do with that game and I, I applaud it there are people who are like super just come out with the six yeah I know let people them are annoyed and cynical Starfield, about it okay I'm not They're even excited for Starfield I'm not I am either. Um, uh, but they are releasing Starfield this year they have a date it's in August I'm excited to September. see how well it plays up against the Outer Worlds mm. which is so that's Obsidian mm. right so Obsidian who created the first Fallout like the first 2.5 fallouts and by the by me saying 2.5 I mean the first two and then New Vegas three and four specifically mm. but that's that's the products for context obsidian at the time there I think they were black Isle but you know both of the it's interchangeable at this point between the two of them um, 
New Vegas. So they made three, and then Obsidian was going into. I think they were going to bankruptcy at that point. Oh. They were. They were le- like they were exiting the building at this point. They had sold their IP to Bethesda. Um, people were happy with three. I still think three is okay. I think the story could be longer, but you know, whatever. Um, and they were like, hey, can we have one more rodeo with the Fallout universe? And they were like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. And they gave them like six, like 12 months or something to come up with something. And that's where we get Fallout New Vegas, which ironically enough is a lot more entertaining and fun than three. But, you know, whatever. I, I, I will brag back when it came out. I that was I, I, I always said that was my favorite and my friends made fun of me because they thought the third one was the best. And now that's, no. now that's the main. No. Now the popular opinion is I that played, New Vegas I played part. three yeah, yeah. first. I got bored and then I played New New Vegas and I had a blast. Mm-hmm. I got bored with three very, very quickly. I quit and three. Three is more like it's too gray. And I find this a lot with Fallout 3 and then Skyrim, which both like Skyrim is in no way gray. No, so if you look <laughs> so how Skyrim is gorgeous. Yes, like, but uh, the sunsets are no, sh- unbelievable. Just let me explain. <laughs> okay, but, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, the world of Fallout 3 is very gray, and that's yeah. just the engine. It has a blue, like, tone to it, and um. that's why I'm saying it's gray. I'm not saying, like, mm. there's no color. It's that there's a gray, like, film over it, kind of. Mm. Well, in Fallout 3, it's more green, but it's gray. Yeah. In Skyrim, you kind of, depending on where you're at in the world, have that same effect. So if you're more in the snowy areas, it turns into like a bluish, grayish there kind is of filter overtone onto it. Yeah, in the snow. And yeah. that's what I mean by yeah. it's kind of gray. And I spend a lot of my time because I am always in the uh, Winterhold area. It's gray. You can't. It's gray. But when I go to Falkreath, it's different. But when you're yeah. up in that area, it's yeah. gray. I literally had to turn on a saturation uh, mod for Skyrim to be able to make myself enjoy it more because it wasn't you're saturated enough. Your, you're spending all your time in the wrong area of the map. Do you guys have Do you guys have a favorite city in Skyrim or anything? Or? Yes, even though when I okay, my opinion's uh, controversial. Okay, technically it's Riften, isn't it? Yours, no. of course, is Riften. It's not Riften. No. Really? Yeah. I hate Riften. <laughs> it's, um, it's not Riften. I do everything in the world to avoid Riften, which is actually quite easy, which is why I like the game so much because you don't have to ever go to Riften for anything, which is great. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite will probably always be, and this is dumb because it's like the main city, but um. Winter right White Run? White Run. I love White Run. White, White awesome. Run has a great vibe. It's just it's homey. It's I always the one buy you a want home to there. Live, probably. Yeah, so that's always my home base, even if I end up choosing to attack it. Um, which I that's the other thing I love is the Battle of White Run fighting against White Run is so much fun. Don't you wish there was a way that you could rebuild it after it gets like ransacked or you defend it? I mean, it's still there. No, it's still there, but, like, there's certain, like, things that are broken, and they stay broken, and I wish we could go ahead and fix them. There's a mod for it. There is a mod. I do have the mod in there. I have over 200 mods in my (laughs) Skyrim. I don't know. I I also really like Solitude. Which one's Solitude? The capital. Oh, okay. Yeah, Solitude's... 
beautiful. Yeah, my my opinion's very controversial. It's like hanging I, off a cliff, you know. I think from a design standpoint, my favorite's probably the one to the far west. Is it Falkreath? Or what's the one uh, built out of My favorite! It's Markarth. Yeah, I was going to say. I wouldn't want to live there because of the hostility of like, of, like the lands around That's why stuff. it's but my see, favorite. That's it's why cool, it's, it's my, cool. yeah. The hostility, getting, I was going to say that getting to Markarth is my favorite part of the game. Okay. So what I will usually do if I know I'm going if I just want to hike for a bit mm-hmm. while playing the game, I will literally like armor up. I'll take one of my little. Sometimes I have my house Carl. Sometimes I don't, and I just fight that little that woman in the bar, and I, and then we go out. I, Janessa? I no, in White Run, there's a. I forget her name. Is that her name? Janessa. Oh, I was. She's in the Drunken Huntsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. is it? Um, no. Uther. Uther. Oh, it's, Uther. It's, the, it's the girl Uther. in the armor, right? Yeah, and then she's the one who's the, in um, the Drunken Huntsman. Not the drunken huntsman, no, but the, the white mare. Yes, yes, her. Yes, okay. Her, yes. I like. I always think of her as Xena. Um, so I take Xena, mm-hmm. and we go on our way, and we just fight everything. We fight bears. We fight, <laughs> I mean, anything and everything. I avoid the dwarven ruins because that's a whole, like, mm-hmm. just doing the dwarven ruins can be a whole it's thing. It's a whole thing, yeah. Yeah. So I just, and we just go, and when you get to that whole area, it's, it's gorgeous. fun. And, like, the Definitive Edition has, or Deluxe Edition, whatever they're calling it, has this new thing where there's a group of... So, you know, I, this may not be new, but it was new to me. And I was like, what is this? So, you know that um, early in the game, super early in the game, not quite when you first get to right run sometimes, but usually, like, the second time you go into right run, there's this group of... Um, are you talking about the Red Guards? No, the cat people. The Khajiits? Yeah, the Khajiits. I've done the Red Guard thing. It's not as interesting as it that should one. be. But the Khajiit are, there's a little camp encampment of Khajiit, and he asks you a question about, like, you know, some poison or something or whatever. And so if you follow him up on that, you end up going on this incredible mission. I, I but you that. have to be, you really have to be leveled up to do that mission because... Those guys, like, I, like, literally was like, all right, I'm going to take them on. Thought, and I was attacking from a mountain. First of all, they can see incredibly far. It is ridiculous. So as I'm climbing down this mountain, I get shot twice in full armor, and I'm dead. Yeah. So then I, like, dodge. I'm good enough. I send out my little astronauts. I think we're doing well. First of all, they took on a full frost astronaut with one punch. And I was like... This is... It's not, it's not a good omen. No. And I was like, oh my god. So it was really, like, I had to pull out all of my game tactics to win. Like, I cheated. Not cheated, but I, like, like I shot from behind rocks. Like, it was all... It was ridiculous. Um, I think those are some fun. of my favorite uh, game quests where you, it, 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 like, it just, it, it starts with, like, a simple interaction with some random person, and then it <laughs> blossoms into this whole... Can I talk about my adventure. least favorite quest in this whole entire game? Sure. Meridius quest. Now, which one is Meridia's Quest? Remind me. Is that the one where you go down into the... So, Meridia's Quest uh, spawns no matter what you do, um, unless you don't take the thing. But at, when you reach level 13, whenever you go to finish up, and it doesn't matter what quest or dungeon you go to, it'll always be in the same, like, whatever... Whatever dungeon you finish when you hit level 13, the first one you finish after you hit level 13, it'll be in that that chest. Oh. You get a beacon. 
and it is the one danger quest that I will avoid from now on. Even though I do love the sword, I will avoid that quest until the day I die. Is that, I will, is that the one where she requires you to like kill people? Or, no. Or like, which one is the? It's like, like is that the assassin? That's Boethius probably. Boethia, okay. But oh, cool. so Meridia's quest is you get the beacon, mm-hmm. and everyone who has ever played Skyrim ever and who understands this quest will join me when I say a new hand touches the beacon and then you groan in just almost I hate it here like moment so she gets she makes you go up to solitude where her little shrine is located Mm -hmm. and you put the little beacon in the shrine and she takes you up to the top and then she rants to you about how a necromancer has taken over her tomb because she's the Daedra who hates anything that is undead if we had a uh, Daedra, who was probably like the most closest to an Aedra, and Aedra is basically your gods, and then yeah, Daedra yeah, is technically yeah. your demons, unless you are a uh, dark elf, and then it's like the opposite. Um, well, yes, because dark But elves she's are. like, I need you to go in here and you have to clean it out. And you can say no, but she'll make you do it anyways because that's just how she is. So you go in there and then you have to fight the necromancer. But the necromancer has a staff of ice storms. Yes. And no matter what you do, he will send it and you will die in like one strike. But you know what? But you want to know how I beat it? I got him. Did you want to know how I beat it? <laughs> how did you beat him? So I do two options. And so I basically, you know how everyone complains about like the sneaky sniper, uh, uh, yep. Archery person. So yep. I have that, but I put that on crack. So um, yeah. so here's what I do. Um, the first thing I do is I wait on Meridia's thing. So if I see it in the in the box, I'll leave it in there, and I'll come back for it later until I get the, the perk that I'm looking for. Yeah. I First thing I do, and this is whenever I start a game, is I go to Whiterun. And when I go to Whiterun, I go talk to whatever the court mage guy is, and I buy oh. Muffle. I buy Muffle. Oh, and then you sneak up on him. No. Um, no? No. <laughs> so, I built up my illusion, which is the Muffle spell. So, I will wander oh. around Skyrim. And when I'm doing my normal quests, I'll, like, as I'm, instead of fast traveling, I commit myself to running everywhere. Yeah. Because I like the little interactions that you can get. And I will cast Muffle every single time. Like, until my um. magic runs out. And I level up my Muffle my illusion. So once your illusion tree hits level 50 in that illusion tree and you reach that far up, you get a perk and it's called the silent casting perk. So whenever you cast any type of spell ever while you're sneaking, you get it. Nobody makes it knows that you're there. So it's like you're doing the super secret um, sniper arrow, sneaky arrow archer Uh, build, uh, but you're doing it with magic instead. And so what I do is I build that up. And at the same time, because I don't want to stay, <laughs> I don't want to stay in White Run for long. I go up to Winterhold and I start doing the Winterhold quest. So I'm building up my whole entire thing this whole entire time. And so once I finally reach that point, what I end up doing is I um, <laughs> don't. <laughs> Um, what I end up doing is I get it up there. I level up enough so I have Firebolt and Fury. And so what I do is I run myself into the um, thing. I get the perk. I have Firebolt. I have Fury. And when I get to that point, so I do two things. One, I use the Fury spell mm-hmm. on him. And if sometimes it might not work. It just, just depends on the... Um, level that he's at at the moment because Fury is like a leveled perk, leveled spell. Mm -hmm. So if that doesn't work, I cast Firebolt at him and then I immediately shut the door and I walk all the way up to the top of the stairs. Yeah. And then I sit there at the top of the stairs and then he'll 
go back yep. down. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of sneak shot him for a bit until he's low enough. Yeah. And then once he's finally, so he comes up with a second form after you beat him the first time, which is a more ghostly form, but he doesn't yeah. have the ice storm on him. And then I will come then out. Then you can, yeah. And usually this means I have to control my my uh, character's companion because I always have a little pack mule with me. And most of the time it's either Mercurio from Riften or a lot of times it's, uh, who do I normally take around with me right now? I don't remember their name. Oh, Volstag from Markarth. He is a one-handed mace guy, and I take oh, cool. him around. Okay. Because I usually have some type of uh, tank support because I'm usually Me the too. sneaky mage character or I do it the archer. I'm a wizard. But <laughs> and I just I've them. actually changed my style, so now I'm more of the one-handed um, sneaky uh, sword and mm-hmm. magic character instead of the archery. And the only archery I have is I level up my conjuration and I get conjured bow so I don't have to carry a bow around. <laughs> um, um, and that's how yeah. I beat him. And that's like my f- least favorite quest, but I have like it down to a science now. You know what I did? I resurrected Pete. Like I, I used my save for this. So, cause I was like, I have to have a technique. So I developed a technique. His people are easy to destroy. Yeah. And because I just went through a necromancer dive, you have all this, like... I I had gotten to a point where I could use necromancy, which is really weird, but in a very rudimentary way. Um, I usually don't do that, but I was like, all right, fine. So I resurrected all of his dead goons as he came through the door. They all mob him. And then I threw a frost atronach in his face. <laughs> they fought it off. And then I bum-rushed him in the room with my companion, and we attacked him, mm. and I destroyed him. It was Karjo that I had with me the last time. Karjo's one of the Khajiit nice. characters. If you, Oh, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. one of the Khajiit mm-hmm. characters. If you have a quest and you see him around, usually I find him around Dawnstar area because I usually go at level 10 to go do the uh, night caller temple quest to get um, what the dark elf guy who's the priest of Mara who's actually not that bad but I hate him anyways um, he's the priest of Mara he's technically one of the priests in that area oh him yeah I haven't done it Veramina Veramina's quest in Dark Collar Temple, yeah. whatever it is. And so um, I usually grab Karjo because Karjo has a quest where if you go find a moon amulet that um, a bandit group of bandits took, and it's usually pretty low-level bandits, but if you go get it and you bring it back to him, you can take him around. And so now that poor Kashi caravan is out of a tank because it's me now. He's walking along with me. And so I snagged Karjo, and because I have multiple mods, not multiple mods, multiple follower mods, because mm-hmm. I refuse to just go around with one person. I usually have Stenvar because I'm around that area, so I'll go down to Windhelm and I go buy him for 500 gold. And so I have two tank characters instead of one, and I don't have to lift a finger, which sounds conducive because then you don't level up as much, but because of the multi-follower mod that I have, um, occasionally when they level up in a skill, you also get that level up, and so you know I just end up leveling oh. up myself. Wow, that's kind of cool. If this whole episode was unintelligible to some people, sorry, not <laughs> it's because sorry, you don't play video games. Yeah, yeah, it's because you're not play cool video enough. games. Play Skyrim. Play Gotham Knights. Yeah, as a last button, I just started playing Hollow Knight the other day. Um, hollow as in a hollow log, not no, Hollow yeah. as in Deathly Hallows, because I can't pronounce words for some reason. Um, and you know, I mean, you know, I I only just started, so I'm getting used to it. Um, but I mean, you know, it's a platformer. <laughs> it's it's a platformer, but it's not a platformer. I don't know. It's hard to describe. But I like it so far. It's you know, it's, I have to 
dive, literally dive deeper, because it's like one dungeon from what I'm seeing. So you'll see what happens. I've fought a couple bosses. They were fun, and I don't know. We'll see. Um, anyway. I so, saw that you have a thing, and I saw you laugh at it. Yeah, the first one I discarded because I don't know any of those people on there, and there's three people, and I'm like, this is dumb. Um, <laughs> and they're not people that anyone would know, so I'm like, why? why? Um, I look like my father, handwriting, so I probably know who it is. What? what the father, the spirit? The... Yeah, no, okay. no. Um, and no, it wasn't your handwriting. It was Batman's handwriting. Um, so. Fair. Uh... Would you rather secretly love a book everyone else hates or secretly hate a book everyone else loves? I would secretly hate because I'd be loud and proud with something that everyone else Yes, I yeah. like that option too. I feel like... I'm the opposite. I Well, actually, no, that's not true. I don't... I, I'm pretty annoyed when people dislike something that I love. Uh, although I have had tendencies to secretly love authors that people hate mm-hmm. because I find that I I don't know like for example every time people get all you know sanctimonious and I'm going to use this word even though I don't actually have a problem with people who are woke or who identify as woke um, actually maybe I do but Oof. Wokedom is something that I'm more aligned with, I should say, no, than not. But I'm really annoyed when people are like get all in a huffy and they're like, you know that Tolkien was racist, right? And I'm like, I know that you haven't read a single thing of Tolkien's except racist anecdotes from Lord of the Rings, which, by the way, they exist. Fair. They're in there. There are there's a whole page in the Fellowship that I'm like, oh. Oh, stop writing! Just stop! Just stop! You know when you make he uses words that you're like, this wasn't even fashionable to use in the 1950s. What are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you doing this? So yeah, okay, it's there. One, it is not the thrust of the entire story. Mm-hmm. Two, it is not the thrust of his entire body of work. And three, if you've ever read any of his essays or letters, which you can find in copious amounts because Tolkien fans are ridiculous and most of them are scholars. So they found, not most of them, but a lot of them are scholars. And so they've dug up all of this stuff. It's all there. It's all readable. You'll know that his intentions were not what you would consider racist, even though you would certainly consider them elitist. I would say that he was certainly a proud elitist mm-hmm. um, because he genuinely believed that, you know, there should be a king upon the throne and all that kind of, He believed in that kind of social order stuff. Um, and that's something worth quibbling over. And there's something worth, you know, sort of arguing with him over. But, like, I, so sometimes I get a little, like, less flagship about Tolkien because I'm like, because I'm going to have to hear some irritating brat who has not <laughs> read or who doesn't know how to read tell me how wrong I am. I had this recently with someone who, you know, got all mad because, you know, I I won't say I stepped in it, but I certainly had, um, maybe accosted someone for saying something nasty about Brandon Sanderson. And I was like, do you even read the Internet? What's wrong with you? 